Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. So this morning, I want to lay a foundation for the rest of the message. So I'm going to jump right in. It's going to be a little dense at first, so hang with me. Then I got a pretty funny story that I'm going to share with you. But but hang here. I want to lay this foundation so I can take you where I want to take you. Um, For for those unfamiliar, the book of Acts, it, it picks up basically after Jesus has died and been resurrected, okay? Um, in, in, the first, in, in the first chapter of Acts, Jesus has died, he's resurrected from the dead, but he hasn't yet ascended to heaven to be with the Father, okay? So there's this 40-day period where Jesus is basically appearing to the disciples. He's having meals and conversations with the disciples before he has ascended to heaven. And during that 40 days, he says that he gives the disciples a command. He goes, listen to me, fellas. He goes, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem until you receive the gift my father has promised. He says, stay in Jerusalem. Wait with anticipation. My father is going to give you a gift. Jesus goes on to say, John baptized with water, talking about John the Baptist. He goes, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, we, we find the disciples, they're in Jerusalem, and they're celebrating what's known as Pentecost. And Pentecost is this Jewish holiday still celebrated today. So everybody's in Jerusalem just having this massive party. There might be a parade. I don't know. There's this massive celebration, and people have traveled from all over to gather and to celebrate. So while they're there, it says in Acts 2, it says that the disciples are meeting together. They're in this room meeting together. And then, you know, while this, while this festival is going on, then all of a sudden, something supernatural happens. I want to read it to you. It's in Acts 2, verses 1 through 5. It says this. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly... There was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. They were in this room. They were praying. They were in fellowship. They were hanging out with with each other. Then all of a sudden, it's like the windows started to rattle, right? It's like the door started to rattle. Something supernatural started happening. It was like a strong windstorm started to come into the room. Then check this out. It says, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Verse five, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by believers. So as the people draw near, there's mixed reactions. You know, I, I, I'm from France. I'm from Italy. I'm from Africa. All of a sudden, I, I'm hearing the gospel in Italian. I, I'm hearing the gospel in, in my own language. These people don't know, and all these believers had gathered from all over. I think that's why God had it happen in this moment. He, he goes, I want all these people to hear the good news. So the people come, and we see kind of mixed reactions, mixed, mixed responses. And then some people even started making fun of them, like, this is weird. They're like, listen, y'all are drunk. <laughs> That's what they say. They go, y'all obviously had too much wine. And then loudmouth Peter 
Come on, you can always depend on loudmouth Peter to step up and do something crazy. Um, I identify with Peter. But, but Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, full, empowered by the Holy Spirit, delivers one of the most epic sermons ever, and the boy didn't even have any notes, right? Just empowered, led, guided by the Holy Spirit, and he's telling all the Jews about Jesus, how, how the line of Jesus, the history of Jesus, and how Jesus is the Messiah. You got to know, like, in the Jewish religion, they don't believe that the Messiah has come yet. They're waiting for the anointed one, and Peter's saying, y'all missed it. He was here, and you crucified him. But guess what? There's still hope. There's still hope. So he, so, he, so he finishes, and it's almost like you can just hear crickets for a moment. Peter's just standing there like, that's all I got, you know? And I, I, can, I can visualize it. Everyone's kind of looking around, and one guy calls out from the back, what are we supposed to do? What do we do? Okay. You know, I, I really, they're like, okay, I believe you. I understand. I see the light. What do we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that day, 3,000 people said yes to Jesus. This is the birth of the New Testament church. And you know what's awesome is that day, 3,000 people were now filled with God's Spirit in a way they hadn't been before. And you can look at these 3,000 people, and now that they've been empowered by the Holy Spirit, now that they've received the Holy Spirit, it transformed the way they did life. It, it transformed the way they did life together. Check this out, Acts 2, verses 41 through 47. If, if this isn't church goals, I don't know what is. Come on, let's, let's check this out. It says this. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. And check this out. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, which is communion, remembering what Jesus did, remember that he died on the cross for their sin, and they devoted themselves to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and then they'd share the money with those in need. They worship together at the temple each day. We're only doing Sundays right now, y'all. We got to step it up. Come on. They worship together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared meals with great joy and generosity. Notice they shared with great joy, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship. They just continued to grow. And the best way that I can describe this is, is upon receiving the Holy Spirit, they have new passions. They have new desires. They have a new love for each other. They have a new joy, right? They want to serve each other. They want to worship together. They want to help each other. They want to grow in their knowledge of Jesus. They want to remember what Jesus did on the cross. That's why they're taking communion together. It's like they've been injected with new purpose. It's the church. Something new has been born. It's like as, as Jesus ascended to heaven, right? He goes, so, so when I ascend, uh, he, my Father's going to give you his gift, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's almost like, you know, Jesus ascended, he, and he's given, his, uh, he's given the believers his spirit with the purpose of the church becoming the body of Christ. 
And, and I know I say that, and, and it sounds familiar to us, but I, I feel like to, to help us understand it, it's like, you know, me and Josh James were kind of talking about it this week. It was like Jesus was just walking around one man, right? Making an, an incredible impact on earth, did amazing things, you know, took the sin of the world. But as he ascended, he poured out his spirit. It's like, it, it, it's almost like he made deposits in us so we could be the body of Christ. No longer is it just one man, but now he, the world is seeing Jesus through me and through you. Everywhere we go, through our words and through our actions, being led by the Holy Spirit, we now have been commissioned to show the world Jesus. We're the body. Like, we are Christ's body now. Jesus, we are the hands. We are the feet. We're doing the work of God now, right? In Romans, you don't believe me? Romans 12, 4, 5, it says this. Just as our bodies have many parts. I got fingers, I got toes, I got a nose, I got eyes, right? I got a head, I got all these body parts. He goes, just as bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. We're the body, y'all. We're the body. And I, and I think what we see in the New Testament is every member played their role. Every member played their role. We're concluding our series titled Healthy Relationships, Relationships and I'm excited to share uh, some fresh vision on, you know, I felt like the Lord almost gave me a little bit of revelation this week, to be honest with you, of what a healthy church is supposed to look like. So I got creative with my title. Uh, the title of my message is A Healthy Church. <laughs> Come on, let's pray. <laughs> Jesus, we just love you so much. Uh, and Father, I'm so thankful that you've poured out your spirit, that you've, de you've deposited your spirit in us, God, so we can be the hands and feet of your son. God, I pray as we go through your word that we would grab hold of what our mission, what our role is as the church and what our role is inside the church. Father, I pray right now that you would just open up hearts in a divine way. Use me in a divine way as I communicate your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, um, going into eighth grade, the summer going into eighth grade, I was probably like the only kid left in school who didn't have a cell phone yet, okay? Uh, mom and dad wanted to torture me, and I was losing cool points all the time. I was like, Mom, Dad, you got to get me a phone, okay? I'm the only one, and, you know, this isn't part of the story, but when I did actually get one, it didn't have a camera. It was a flip phone. It legitimately looked like a hippopotamus's head, the way it was shaped. It was the strangest phone I ever got. I, I, I was like, I would have been better off without one at this point, you know? <laughs> so, my, so my mom says, you know, after begging, after talking, She's got this friend, right? And her friend has these two daughters, and her friend and her two daughters, they're signing up for Aladdin Jr., which is a play, okay? Theater, play. And my mom goes, okay, you can get a phone, but there's a catch here. I want you to audition for the play. I'm like, come on. Here's the deal. I'm not so, you know, it's not that I was like so against theater and I knew I could probably do it and be fine, but you got to remember at this age, I'm an athlete, you know? I'm not a theater guy. And my friends, if my homeboys find out that I'm in Aladdin Jr., I'm going to be losing my street cred, okay? And I got a whole year of school ahead of me. But she's like, if you audition for the play, you can get the phone. I'm like, all right, I'll just tell all the homeboys, hey, I'm just getting a phone. So I accept the request, 
Um, and, you know, the, the two daughters, so my mom's friends, two daughters who are doing the play, they love theater. And they're, like, all about it, you know, it's specifically the younger one. Like, the younger one, she's, like, has these dreams and aspirations. She wants to be Jasmine. Everyone familiar with Aladdin, like, with the characters in Aladdin? Nobody raised their hand. I'm hoping that we got a couple people. Okay. So she wants to be Jasmine. And, uh, you know, I know they both kind of want the main role, but specifically that younger one was like, I want Jasmine. And they kept joking with me. They're like, you're going to be Aladdin. Like, you're going to end up being Aladdin. I'm like, I've never done a play. I'm not in this to be Aladdin. I'm just trying to get a phone. That, that's my thing, for real. I just want my phone. But the, but the problem is I, I show up to auditions, and all of a sudden there's this group of dudes, and they're all fighting for Aladdin, and it's like my competitive side kicks in. Oh, no, I'm going to be Aladdin. You know what I'm saying? So we get up there. They line us up, and it's all our turn to sing a whole new world, you know? I'm like, mm-hmm, let's go. So I get ready. I'm about to, I can show you the world. Come on. Shining, shimmering. I didn't even think I did, you know, some ballerina move. Y'all thought you were going to get the part? Yeah, right. Let's go. I'm here, you know? So here's the deal. Yeah, finish. So, so here's the deal. At the end of the day, they line us up on stage, and uh, basically they call, you know, they go, all right so-and-so come forward you're gonna be this part you know they're announcing all our roles and you know sure enough your boy <laughs> no big deal you know I get Aladdin okay so I was cool with either Aladdin or the genie and I got Aladdin I was cool with that and then the oldest sister who I auditioned with she gets Jasmine and we're both kind of like you know if we didn't get it I don't think we would have been distraught so now I'm curious to see what, it, what the younger daughter ends up getting because I know really bad she wanted Jasmine. You know, like her heart is in this. And I'll never forget it. They announced this girl's role. And I kid you not, her role is to be the camel's butt. Okay? I am, I am not kidding. I'm not kidding. This was her costume. This is her role. It was a stick with a hump. Right? And like camel clothes draping down. And her job was to go across the stage like this. Like making the camel move. Okay? I'm pretty sure. I, you know? Oh, man. I just, Lord help her. You know, she's distraught. She's, uh, I think she cried a few tears. And, you know, because she felt like her role wasn't important. She felt like her role wasn't important. You know, and as I, as I read this verse I'm about to read, I, I thought about that story. Check out this verse in Romans 12. It says this. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, this is Paul writing. He goes, I give each of you this warning. He says to the church, I, I want to warn you with this. He says, don't think of yourself better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. Who's Christ's body? Us. He says we are many parts of one body, but we all belong to each other. Paul's saying, listen, we all have a part to play in Christ's body. I got a role. You got a role. We're all on the same team. No role is more important than the other. No, no role, every role contributes to making the body complete. I, and I love how Paul makes this command. He says, be honest in your evaluation of yourself. 
He goes, he goes, you know, and I, I think about this younger sibling. You know, she, she's upset because she didn't get the main role. But here's the deal. She wasn't graced for that role yet. She wasn't groomed for that role yet. She wasn't gifted for that role yet, right? But just because, just because she didn't get the main role doesn't mean her role wasn't needed. It didn't mean she was no longer useful to the production, right? She was still useful. What she didn't understand is if she didn't play the camel's butt, we only would have had half a camel. Show would have been incomplete. Show wouldn't have been as effective. Right? I know it's simple. I know it's silly. Let's go on to verses 6 through 8. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. He's saying, you got a gift. I got a gift. She has a gift. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness, do it gladly. It's so, I I think this is so powerful. Paul saying, God's gifted you. What's your gift? What are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? Somebody say, know your role. That was good, church. He's saying, if you, have a, if you have a prophetic gifting, operate in that. You might be gifted at showing kindness. Operate in that. Regardless of, of what your gifting is, you have to understand you have a role to play in the body of Christ. You might be a big toe. You might be an eyebrow. I don't know. We all got a role. Know your role. I want to make sure you guys are grabbing hold of this concept here. I want to uh, crack open another one of Paul's letters. It's 1 Corinthians 12. And again, we see Paul explaining the purpose of the church, which is the body of Christ. He says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Again, he says, the human body has many parts, fingers, thumbs, toes, knees, head, shoulders, knees. Human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with Christ's body. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves. Some of us are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. We're all empowered by the same spirit. We're all gifted by the same spirit to accomplish something specific in this body. The verse goes on, verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? How would you hear? Like if everybody's preaching, right, how, how is anyone going to receive the word? I love the next verse. It says, if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Paul's saying, listen, just because you're not Jasmine, just because you're not Jasmine doesn't mean you're not important to the play, right? Verse goes on. Verse 18 But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part 
just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. Check this out, verse 22. Somebody needs to hear this verse today because some of y'all have felt like, I don't know if I have a role. I don't know if I have a place. I don't know if I'm significant. I don't know if God can use me. Check this out. It says, verse 22, in fact, some of the, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. The camel, the camel butt said, amen. Come on, for real. So I want to talk to you this morning. I want to talk to you about knowing your role because here's the deal, church. Everybody sitting in these seats, God hasn't brought you to Destiny Church Marshfield on accident. And, and your job, you know, he hasn't gifted you with his Holy Spirit. He hasn't empowered you by his Holy Spirit to just come and just sit. He's got, he, listen, you, you might be a hand, you might be a foot, but God's got work he wants to use you for. He has things he wants to do in you and through you. Okay, let me get back to my notes here. So basically, I just, I want to ask a couple quick questions. And I hope that these things cause you to reflect on yourself. I want to, you know, I want to help ask questions that are help, are going to help you with an honest evaluation of yourself according to the faith distributed to us. Paul wrote, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Don't ever be reading your Bible and you, and you think you should be the preacher, okay? But I don't even think this is always the main problem, us thinking too highly of ourselves. Sometimes I think, nah, God, not me. Nah, I'm, I'm not gifted like that. Nah, I'm not smart enough for that. No, God, no, God, my, my personality's not big enough for that. My house isn't clean enough for that, right? I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I don't think it's the fact that we think too highly of ourselves. Sometimes I think it's the fact we think too little of the God who's in us. I think some of us, we struggle to acknowledge the gift that God has placed within us. So I want to challenge you with this. How has God gifted you? How has God gifted you? And what are you doing with that measure? What are you doing right now with the gift that he's placed inside of you? Pastor, I just don't feel like I have any gifts. Listen, I, I said it already, and I'll say it again. God didn't put you in this faith family because you didn't have something to contribute. We're all the body. We're all the body. And you might be Aladdin, or you might be the camel's butt, but there's a production that the world needs to see. God has placed his Holy Spirit in you to accomplish something specific. In an honest evaluation of yourself, think about what you've been gifted in. You know, I really believe the primary reason we're gifted in the first place, the reason we have some of the gifts that we do, some of the strengths that we do, uh, I really believe those things are actually to play our role in the body of Christ. Yes, you know, can, can I use that personality to sell cars? Yes, can I, can I use the gift God, God's given me to provide for my family and to get myself a career? Yes, you can use your gifts for that. But I think the primary reason we're all gifted is so we can show people Jesus. I think that's what it's for. So we can be the hands and feet and all the other body parts of Jesus to this world. 
You know, you can look in scriptures and find all different types of spiritual gifts. You know, it talks about having the gift of faith, and you just have this crazy ability to believe God for crazy things. Maybe it's administrative work. You're organized and you're structured. Maybe you have the gift of healing where you've laid hand and pr- laid hands on people, and you've prayed for God to move and show up, and he's healed people through your prayers. Maybe you have the gift of mercy where empathy and kindness and care for others just comes so natural. It's so easy. By God's grace, we've all been given a measure of gifting my question is how are you using that gift for this church how, how are you using that gift for the body I know we have people sitting in these rows who you come every week God's gifted you in awesome ways and you're just sitting on your gift man you're just sitting on your gift but there's two sides of this coin I, I, I think sometimes maybe out of jealousy or the desire to be seen or be recognized or whatever other reason, we're trying to play roles that we're not gifted for or we're, or we're trying to play roles that we weren't graced for. And, and I think we see this all the time in the church. We see people who leave the church, right? They, they get frustrated or whatever because someone wouldn't give them an opportunity. So someone wanted the stage. Someone wanted the microphone. Someone wanted to be the teacher. Someone wanted to be the leader. Someone wanted to be Aladdin or Jasmine. They weren't graced for that yet. That wasn't their role in the body. And we as believers, we forget, right? And it causes all this division. I wanted to be this. I feel like I'm supposed to do this. Remember, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to, right? And and here's what people forget. We see all this division, and then they leave, and then then there's a breakup. Listen, y'all, the church should be the most united place on earth. The church should be the most united vessel on earth. Why is it so hard for us to encourage others in the role that they're in? Like, why is it so hard for us to cheer each other on in the roles that we're in? The Bible tells us to eagerly desire all the spiritual gifts, but sometimes, church, we need to grow into those roles. Don't think of yourself more important than you actually are. Anyone familiar with Satan's story? Right? He wanted to be the head. He wanted to be the guy in charge. He was jealous. He was envious. He was prideful. Satan wanted to be a role he wasn't graced for. And, and what ended up happening? It caused division and it led to his demise. Something we have to keep in mind as we grow as a body, as the Lord brings Destiny Church more, more and more people, which he continues to do, and you know, as more people come, but as we mature in the Lord, as we grow in our knowledge of Christ, like Peter's been talking about, Ryan Huff, you've been leading in men's ministry, right? As we grow in our knowledge of Christ, our roles are gonna change. We're going to grow, church. We're going to mature. I love when you, you look at the New Testament church and you can see everybody's operating in their roles. Everybody's contributing something. You can see the body of Christ is united. Everyone's contributing. It says the, the apostles are teaching and performing miracles. Some people are opening up their homes for the believers to gather in. The believers are sharing everything they had. Some are giving, some are receiving. But here's one of the most vital pieces of a healthy church, that we don't stop growing. That we don't stop growing. You know what? Maybe you came in as a baby Christian and you got saved and you just kind of started here. You just started doing this in the church. But listen, as, as you grow in your gifting, as you mature in your knowledge of Jesus Christ, you're responsible. You're responsible to do something with the information that he's given you. This is called discipleship, y'all. 
as I grow and as I mature in the Lord, I want others to grow and mature in the Lord. So maybe I started off as that body part, but now as I've grown and matured, as I've grown in my gifted, now I need to contribute in a new way because I'm equipped in a new way. I believe as we grow, the part of the body that we are can change. As we mature in our knowledge of Christ, our role requires more responsibility. Check this out, Ephesians 4. Man, I was just, you know, even as I was studying, putting this message together, I was just blown away by the verses God was bringing me to as I was studying, just reading some of this. It was just like, for me, I just felt like it was some fresh perspective, like, what's my role? How am I contributing to the body? Am, am, I raising up, am, am, am I raising up believers as the pastor of this house? Am I discipling my people to understand, listen, it's not just come and sit. You, I, I want to see you grow. I, I hope there's church leaders in this room right now. You know what? If you don't stay at Destiny Church Marshfield forever, that's okay. You go plant another one, that's okay. I want to cheer you on. I want to see you go make more disciples, new disciples. Are we growing? Are we evolving? Are we maturing? Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 16, it says this. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, talking about Jesus, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens. Why? I love this verse. I think it's so powerful. It says, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Church, I believe he's filling up the earth with himself through us. The verse goes on. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors. Hey, now. The teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. Man, I'm hoping that out of Destiny Church Marshfield, we launch some apostles, we launch some prophets, we launch some evangelists, we launch some pastors, we launch some teachers. So we can equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, which is the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we mature in our Lord. Check this out. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Hang here with me, y'all. This is good. I know it's a lot of scripture, but I'm not going to apologize for it because his word is better than my word. Amen? Okay. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children as we grow. We won't be immature like, we won't be baby Christians anymore. If you're a baby Christian in here, come on. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the family. I'm so glad you're here. But also, there's this call. We need to be maturing. We need to be growing up in our faith. We need to be stepping into the things God's calling us to step into. We won't be tossed and blown about by the wind of every new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, as you do your job, as I do my job, as I operate in my gifting, as you operate in your gifting. Check this out. It helps the other parts grow. I love that. 
As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing, full of love. Church, are we growing? Are we growing? Are we maturing in our knowledge of Christ? Kim, you can come jump up on the keys as I close out. So all that to say, for for multiple reasons, but one, one of the main things I wanted to touch on this morning is as a church, we're starting life groups. And I, I, I can't think of a better way for us to grow as members in the body of Christ. Today, you guys get sermon guides coming in. You see some of those. Can I see that one, buddy? You want to hand me that? Your pretty pictures. I love them. Come on. So if you open this up, I think the answer, oh, I need that one. You guys open that up. We have a list of life groups here, okay? I'll give this back to you after, I promise. And church, as, as your pastor, and I can't make you, I can't force your hand, but it's my heart that every person in this church would be a part of a life group. We see the New Testament church. They met in homes. They did life together. It was meeting outside of a Sunday. Maybe you're sitting in this room. Maybe there's some of you in this room who you're gifted to lead a group right now, and you know God's put it on your heart, but you're like, man, work's been crazy. Kids have been acting up. Listen. Listen, we all have a part to play in this body. Maybe he's put it on your heart to lead. You've been on the fence. We, we got two weeks till we launch them. You can still start a group. So we can grow as the body. So you can play your role. Don't neglect your role in the body. It's not too late. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.